Everybody be cool. You be cool. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Is this a dream? Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I thought not. If it were, they'd be wrong. Come with me if you want to live. I'm Catherine, and in this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by one of our examiners, Caitlin, to discuss the 1961 film Victim. Now, this is a British suspense film by the scriptwriter Janet Green and film director Basil Dearden, and the film starred Dirk Bogard and Sylvia Sims. Welcome back, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. Now, we've received a request from Simon to talk about the classification of this film, which you've actually found quite nerve-wracking because the file is quite complicated and there's lots of bits to it and it's not really fully clear what will happen, but we're going to try our best. So um, Simon has written in to us and he says, Hi, BBFC. Love the podcast. Thanks so much for doing them. I've just revisited Dirk Bogar's 1961 film Victim and it got me wondering how the BBFC dealt with this. It must have been interesting faced with a film that, while not only openly going against the prevailing laws about homosexuality, was clearly depicting people who, off-screen of course, would have been breaking them, and far from showing them in a negative light, is obviously critical of those laws. As it was given an X certificate, despite the complete lack of on-screen unpleasantness, it would be interesting to know more about the BBFC's thinking about this film. Maybe you could consider it for a future podcast. Well, thank you, Simon. We are. <laughs> so, Caitlin, what was the process for Victim when it arrived at the BBFC in 1961? And can you give us a bit more background about the film in, sort of in addition to what Simon's asked us? Sure. I mean, the, the context to this one's quite important. It's also quite complicated, so uh, we'll try and, and wade our way through it. Although I would say, if, if people are particularly interested in this, um, I would recommend the BBFC's book, quick plug for the book, Behind the Scenes at the BBFC. There is a chapter on um, the Trevelyan years in the BBFC in the 1960s by Tracy Hargreaves, which goes into a lot more detail about this sort of thing and puts this film in context of a lot of other decisions made around it. So if you're interested enough to be listening to the podcast, I think you would find this chapter of the book particularly interesting too. However, um, a sort of shorter version for listeners today. So the film was released in 1961, but the BBFC's involvement with it had actually begun um, a year earlier, in 1960. Um, the context of the time was that under British law, homosexual acts between males were still illegal in England and Wales until the 1967 Sexual Offences Act, which implemented the recommendations of something called the Wolfenden Report. And the Wolfenden Report, at the time that the script for Victim was being discussed, had been published, it was being discussed in Parliament. And one of the main recommendations of the Wolfenden Report um, was that homosexual acts committed in private by consenting adults should no longer be a criminal offence. And this motion was eventually defeated in Parliament, 213 to 99, and it meant that although there was perhaps beginning to be a shift in public opinion as to whether homosexuality should be legal or not, the law hadn't changed. And so the BBFC is in this interesting position, as we always are to this day on several issues actually, of finding that balance between obviously upholding the law, also trying to read public opinion, engage it, and um, find the best and the legal solution to quite difficult questions sometimes. So the filmmakers, and in particular the scriptwriter Janet Green, knew obviously 
that making this film and making a version of this film that would be acceptable to the censors was going to be quite tricky and that they would need to collaborate with the BBFC in order to be able to achieve their goal of making a nuanced film about this issue in 1960-1961. So there are a series of letters between Janet Green and the then secretary of the BBFC, John Trevelyan, discussing the script of the film. So before we'd even shot it, they wanted to see where are the limits, what is going to be acceptable for an X certificate. And an X certificate at the time meant that the film was available to be seen by people aged 16 and over. So it's, it's not equivalent to today's 18. It's actually close to today's 15 certificates. So we're talking about a relatively young audience and what the BBFC and the law at the time felt was appropriate for them. The plot of the film is quite complicated. Um, I found a very nice summary of it in one of the examiner reports from the video submission of the 1980s. So I'll just read that. It's, it's going to be better than me trying to um, piece together a plot summary, which inevitably, I'm afraid, does include some spoilers. It, it's a film which evolves quite slowly and, and various things are revealed as you go along. So not all of this information is, is immediately apparent at the beginning of the film. Dirk Bogart plays a successful barrister, Mel Farr, at the absolute peak of his career. And then a young man who's been trying to contact him hangs himself in a police cell. Farr, because he's been in contact with the man, is involved. And we gradually learned that the man and Farr had been meeting up. There was physical attraction between them, although a key part of the plot is that there wasn't any physical activity between them. Barrett was actually trying to protect Farr from being blackmailed. Now, at the time, because willing participants in consensual homosexual acts could be prosecuted, it made them extremely vulnerable to entrapment. The criminalisation of homosexuality was known at the time as the Blackmailers' Charter. So this storyline of people being in fear of being blackmailed or actually being blackmailed because of even the suggestion of homosexuality was very real and a very current topic that was being discussed, particularly in relation to the outcome of the Wolfenden Report. So when the script came into the BBFC for advice, um, I know there was quite a lot of debate and there's a lot of what we call readers' reports in the files which suggested changes to the script. What were they actually telling Janet Green that she had to change? It's interesting. A lot of the suggested changes were actually to moments of violence in the film and because it was felt that they wanted to avoid um, the film being open to accusations of sensationalising the issue. I think the BBFC were actually quite sympathetic to the filmmaker's desire to make a film which gave a realistic portrayal of this issue, treated its characters sympathetically and the BBFC felt that if it was over-sensationalised that's what the story would become about um, instead of actually investigating the, the issue behind it. So that's interesting. But there are a number of um, suggested changes at advice stage, at script advice stage. I'm just looking through the file here. You can hear me shuffling the papers around a bit. There's an interesting um, notion that, uh, I'm quoting directly here, the number of homosexual characters in this film should be greatly reduced. There are far too many as it is. Quoting again, um, there are few characters in the film who represent normality in sex. You've conveyed the impression, quite unwittingly, that the world is largely peopled with quoting directly again, peopled with queers. Um, so there's a feeling that although the film is sympathetic to the characters, within the social constraints of the time, the social attitudes of the time, it still suggests that homosexuality is, is an abnormality. So something that people should be sympathetic towards and tolerant of, but still that there is something wrong with these people. And that comes across even in the BBFC reports of the time. So it's so incredibly different from how you would approach 
this issue in a film now. Um, what else have we got? There was some squeamishness about, it's delicately phrased here, I think we might want to avoid the words painted on the garage doors. Um, this is a, a point quite late on in the film where Far's wife comes home to find that somebody has daubed in white paint across their garage doors, Far is queer. The script advice is that we might want to avoid that. Obviously that is in the finished film, so that was a change that, that wasn't made. And there were also some changes made to scenes featuring teenagers. One of the lines of dialogue that was actually removed from the film was um, when someone says, there's a moment of choice for almost every adolescent boy. I think there was a, a feeling that it would be best if this was an adult film about adults dealing with adult issues and that bringing teenagers into it would add an extra complication that they would have found difficult to, to pass for an ex-certificate at the time. So the file seems to kind of dissipate a little bit then. The script recommendations were sent to Janet Green and she seems to have incorporated what we think is most of them, although there was a lot of dialogue suggestions and cuts in there. And, and as Simon says in his email, it seems quite unusual to see so many dialogue suggestions made and then a film still needs to be passed at X. But obviously that had to do with the laws at the time. Um, so when the film came in for classification, it seems that the BBFC were happy then to pass it X because there isn't a lot of material relating to the finished film, is there? No, and apart from the things I've mentioned that are actually still in the film, it seems that it was toned down a lot. The whole film hinges really on, on this photograph of Far with Barrett, the man who's, who's killed himself, showing them in a compromising Situation, and when you see the photograph, you see it as somebody else is looking at it. So you see it sort of through the back of the of the paper, um, and it's just a photo of two men sitting in a car. And somebody actually says, you know, if 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 he weren't crying, it's actually a photo taken at the moment where where Far's telling him that they can't continue to see each other, and there's no chance of them having a relationship. It's a really emotional moment in the film, and Barrett's crying in the photo, and it's this this level of, of intimacy between the two men rather than sexual contact, which is deemed enough to be proof of homosexuality. For far, this is, you know, absolutely career-ruining, marriage-ruining, uh, completely awful, destructive situation to be in. And, you know, blackmail is, is all too possible as a result of such an image existing, which is so hard, I think, for modern audiences to, to understand. And so keeping that in mind that it was that was all that it took for somebody to potentially be blackmailed in the 1960s and the early 60s anyway, what was the public reaction to the film when it came out in cinemas? Really good. We've got a letter in the file here from Janet Green, the scriptwriter, um, to John Trevelyan saying, I expect you know that the picture is a smash hit in London, so we now know that there is a public for it. And she goes on to say they've just um, screened it in Venice, where it's been very highly praised, and they're very hopeful that it's, it's going to achieve good audiences across Europe. So it did very well. Um, it's a really key film now in terms of Nick just, you know, 60s cinema, um, representations of LGBT issues in cinema. In the career of Dirk Bogod, it was really, really key as well because it took him from being a rank organisation matinee idol into making, you know, much more complicated and, and interesting films throughout the rest of his career. So it really broke out of that in his more mature film career. So it's a really key film, which is still watched and still available and has been re-released in the cinema as recently as 2005. Um, so it's, it's a very enduring piece of work and also has, I think now, real educational value as well.
So what happened in terms of the BBFC changing and society changing and the film coming in for classification in the decades after the 1960s? The next involvement the BBFC has with the film is when it's submitted for a video release in 1986. Now, in 1986, there was no 12 certificates, so the choice for a video release by them was really between a PG and a 15. And in, in the 80s, there are arguments on both sides of this where people feel at that time the film would be well-placed. In support of the 15, there's a feeling that the scenes of threat might be still a bit too much at PG and that, that it's very much a film about adult sexual desire and adult issues that might not sit very well with a PG audience. I mean, when you quote the lines of dialogue from the film, they're relatively undetailed, things like, I wanted him, do you understand I wanted him? There's no detail there, but examiners at the time, some examiners at the time, felt that focus was too much on feelings of betrayal, sexual jealousy, sexual desire to be containable at, at the PG certificate. And also that there's a concern that in the 1980s, this portrayal of issues to do with homosexuality was no longer a realistic one. So this idea that it's abnormal is is no longer what people felt was true or that that was no longer an appropriate message to give to, to younger viewers who might see the film and and pick up on those ideas, even though the film is, is actually trying to, to work against that. So it's quite complicated. It, but then there were also examiners um, in the 1980s who were arguing for PG as well, saying, you know, pretty much what I've just said there, that that the references themselves are very mild, there's there's no visuals of sexual activity, and that the film's obvious age would come across even to younger audiences. So ultimately, in 1986, it was past 15. But then when it next came in in 2004, it was given a 12, with the, the 12 classification was then available, and it was felt that was a, a, a better fit. I think, you know, if there had been um, something in between PG and 15 in 1986. The feeling from the divide in the reports then is that it, it, it would have been better placed somewhere in between the two. So when that becomes a possibility later on, it is passed at 12 in 2004. And how is the film classified now? Are we still looking at it as a 12-level piece of content? Well, it still has a 12 certificate for home entertainment. So if you buy a DVD, that's, that still has a 12 because it's not been resubmitted for home entertainment since 2004. However, there has been a subsequent um, theatrical release of the work, so it was reclassified PG on film in 2005 for mild language and sex references. So there's quite a big shift from its initial release in 1960 to, to where it's currently placed on film now. Thank you, Caitlin. That was a really interesting look at their file for Victim, and I really hope it gives Simon a good idea of of exactly what the BBFC thought, both at the initial submission of the script and then at subsequent submissions of the film when it came in in the 80s and also in um, 2005. Now, remember, if you've got a question about a specific film like Victim that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, you can email us using podcast at bbfc.co.uk. There's a feedback form on our podcast page or you can tweet us at bbfc.